Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 40. What's up, Neil? What's up, man? 40? Episode 40. Can you believe that? I guess I can. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it goes by quickly. And we've got two great guests tonight. We've got Jondra Atkins and Blakely Berger. Welcome, ladies. Hey. Howdy. <laughs> Glad to have you guys in the studio. We're in the studio once again, physically distancing, being safe. We've got Jondra and Blakely on the other side of the glass from us. We feel like uh, <laughs> animals at the zoo. Yeah, it does feel like that. Sorry. It's just weird Except times. for you guys don't give us snacks. <laughs> he doesn't provide much. He doesn't even give me ice anymore. Hold well, on now. Hey. Well, well you, yeah, you don't need ice. But he's right. We what do, do you have... think would happen if they gave the animals at the zoo bourbon? Ooh, Ooh that would be fun. <laughs> well, let's see. Here we go. That would be fun. <laughs> as long as it wasn't too much. Yeah. So, I don't know. know. A little bit of bourbon... Enhances conversation too much, deadens it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, well, on this Tuesday afternoon, it's afternoon, so I guess we can have bourbon now. Yeah, so we've got, I don't think we've had this one on the podcast. This is Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. You ever had it? No. So, what does double oaked mean? I would imagine it would be barreled twice. Yeah. Finished mm. in a second oak I barrel. Think you, I think you're on it, Neil. I, I just feel like I know <laughs> bourbon well. <laughs> so cheers, Neil, Jandra, Blakely. Cheers. 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 Thanks for coming. Oh, it tastes like bourbon. It definitely tastes oaky. Yes, it does. I like it. <laughs> this is your style? This is your speed? And I notice uh, Jandra is chasing her Woodford with coffee. <laughs> Not just any coffee. The best coffee in Louisville. Ooh, what, what is, is that? that? Sun or Goss. They oh, keep okay. me right. <laughs> All right. I'm a Honey Bros guy. Mm. I I'm love a, Honey Bros, man. I'm a Maxwell House. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like Sun and Goss. Or Folgers. I used, to, I used to be a Quills girl. They okay. make their own chocolate like in-house to put really? in your coffee. Yeah. Ooh. I like Safai, too, though. They did me dirty a couple of times, so I kind of... That was it? I don't know. Broke away from them? I couldn't trust them. I I could do... uh, (laughs) Have you ever had Sister Bean? Wait a second. How do you lose trust in your caffeine dealer? Hey, you can lose trust. You know, have you ever had something really important to do, like a podcast or something, and then you get there and you taste your coffee and you're like, wow, this sucks. Yes. It's a bummer. It is. Especially when you pay $5 for the coffee. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Santa Claus is cheap, too. $3.55. They really are cheaper. Maybe we can get them for a sponsorship. <laughs> no, Shout out to Sunner well, guys. You know, I get a. I think we get a thing of coffee for like seven bucks. The last what a month? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Maxwell House. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I, I've I've uh, I haven't had Sister Bean in a while, but I love Sister Bean too. But I think it's just because it's kind of close. Oh yeah. But it's good. I still I'm still Honey Bros all the way. Sorry. <laughs> Team well, let's, Honey. Uh, Jandra, let's start off with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you first remember music being introduced to you, your first memories, and maybe when music, you realized music was going to be something that was a big part of your life. Ooh, so there's really only two family members that I think of whenever I think of, like, my music career starting, and that's my Papa John and my Uncle Tommy. Um, Papa John is a sick banjo player, so I just grew up with him, like, having his friends over, sitting in a circle in the living room, just like, picking like crazy 
And whenever he wasn't doing that, he was sitting in the computer room picking like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Neil and I love the banjo, but we found out through this podcast that people either love or hate the banjo. It's like no in-between. What? Yes, that's a a fact. Yeah. I've never heard somebody say, I hate the banjo. I could introduce you to five people right now. We've met we've met quite a few that are like, oh gosh, banjo. Yeah. I see how it could be abrasive if you're not into like bluegrass music or like, you know, in touch with that crowd. I guess. But I guess I being know. in Kentucky, it's like ingrained in me to have an appreciation for the banjo. Yeah. I, I, it blows my mind every time. I, I love hear banjo. It. I hear people say the best uh, way to play banjo is to put it in a dumpster. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? That's terrible. <laughs> Banjo's amazing. And the first banjo huh. that I really remember listening to, uh, it wasn't bluegrass. I listened to Bella Fleck. Ooh. Oh, good shit. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, goodness gracious. Was that with the Fleck tones? Yeah. Oh, uh, Victor Wooten and Bella Fleck. Isn't there a whole the album of Abigail Washburn and Bella Fleck? Yes. I mean, he, he's, he does stuff all the time right now on, Inst- on Instagram or Twitter. He's putting out something like every day. Plus, he had wow. on the when I was listening to that, I'm trying to remember what CD it was. I can't remember, but uh, Victor Wooten was the bass player. Future man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah I mean, Victor my Wooten. goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's diff- that, that is just a different thing. My favorite banjo player has to be John Haywood from uh, Whitesburg, Kentucky. Have y'all met him before? No. Oh, gosh, he's great. He owns a tattoo parlor. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's also where he teaches his banjo students. Oh, so you like log John Haywood, and he plays this old mountain style banjo. He, so he, he's, he's like, uh, what's it called? Kind of claw hammer, yeah, claw three hammer. finger style. Okay. Yeah, that's. Yeah, he's on Tyler Childers' new album. Yeah. The Fiddle Tune album. He's from right here in Kentucky. That's hilarious. We were just yeah. talking about Tyler we Childers. We just sent Tyler Childers a Instagram message asking him to come on, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, sure, I don't that know would if be he's so cool. good or not. <laughs> we're on the same podcast <laughs> well, that Tyler might be on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would be amazing. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Sometimes we're surprised. We're yeah. like, hey, it's a Kentucky connection. Hey, Tyler, yeah. we got one word for you, please. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, he, he's, so he's actually on that Fiddle Tune album that uh, he just came out with. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I John, he did the artwork in, or? He's playing too. He's playing banjo and Jesse's on fiddle. Yeah. Um, That's insane. John R. Miller's playing bass. So is it your, uh, did you say Papa John? Mm-hmm. Is that who plays with you now? No, just growing up, I just thought he okay. was very inspirational on it. I was always sitting right there like, wow, kind of yeah. just wide-eyed. Just so impressed. So what? What about the uncle? What? How did he uh, bring you? So into Uncle the Tommy, fold? that's more of a fun story. <laughs> uncle Tommy is a character. So growing up, my mom worked at Walmart, and she would work really long hours. Like she wasn't home whenever I was home a lot. And uh, Uncle Tommy was our babysitter. Oh. He was. I just fun was, uncle. He was the fun uncle. Oh, sounds he, like he's the fun uncle already. There's, there's some stories there. Um, <laughs> so I have this vivid image of him growing up in these big baggy cargo pants and a tool t-shirt. <laughs> and he just like, he played the electric guitar like crazy. And he still plays music to this day. He teaches fiddle, all that. But growing up, it was hardcore all the way. Um, I just remember if we like got in trouble, he would make us sit at the top of the steps and look at an ACDC clock and just like <laughs> make up songs about how bad we were. <laughs> he would make me and my sister have competitions so you can wear the most pairs of socks and still walk. Our feet would be like this big. <laughs> so you you were getting heavy rock from your uncle and bluegrass <laughs> from Papaw. Oh, yeah. Nice mix. That is hilarious. I, I like uncle the Uncle Tommy game. was... 
<laughs> that sock game's killer. I think he imprinted on me more than anybody else growing up. I was just like, you are so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I was it. like nine years old listening to Green Day and Tool and stuff and playing like Silent Hill video games, scared <laughs> as heck. Like, <laughs> yeah. You still in touch now? Oh, yeah. That's love, awesome. Love them. Yeah. So when did you get your first guitar? When did you start playing? So my first instrument was actually the mandolin. Okay. Um, I was always a choir kid through high school, so I knew that I like love singing. We have and a mandolin then, in the closet here. Oh, Uh-oh. I'm better at guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I moved to Colorado like the day I graduated high school. Pretty much had Uncle Tommy's car packed. He had this crappy little Toyota. It was a white car with a red hood. <laughs> we had like a Bluetooth speaker with his iPod connected to it. <laughs> Drove me straight to Colorado. Um, I worked at a ski resort. I don't know. It's just a really small community, so there wasn't too much to do. And I wanted to make a little extra money and wanted to get a little creative. So I went to this record store. They had a mandolin for 60 bucks. I was like, this is small, very compact. Like, I can take it wherever I go, sling it across my back. So I just started poking around at that, and uh, I worked at a cookie shop. And I... I was, like, working on shifts by myself, so I would be, like, making cotton candy, picking my little mandolin. Like, (laughs) (laughs) my boss didn't love the fact that I brought it and was working on that during work hours. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me now. (laughs) (laughs) What took you to Colorado? Um, So I had a friend in Indiana because I lived in Indiana very briefly my sophomore year of high school. I saw that they moved to Breckenridge, and if you work at a ski resort, they have employee housing. That's fairly priced so I was like I I lost my dad my senior year of high school and I Mm. was gonna go to Eastern Kentucky University and like do that whole thing but after that happened I was kind of just like I need to go somewhere and like live a little bit because like nothing's promised and I like I want to see the world so I applied at Breckenridge middle of math class got a phone call from them they were like can you be here this day like start working all that stuff really and yeah, I was just like, sure. Wow. <laughs> wow. So uh, speaking of, shout out to my friend John Hill, postmaster of Breckenridge, Colorado, right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Breckenridge is like Christmas it's town. It's gorgeous. He sends me I pictures every now and again out the window. Name another his, town oh. that does a shot ski down the entirety of Main Street. Like, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> shot ski. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Uller Fest. No joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Colorado so much. What brought you back? family uh so it was a lot of things it was the ski season being over the next year um i really love the festivals here like terrapin they just they don't have bluegrass homey festivals like that out there so i was like i'm gonna come back for the summer i ended up moving back for the winter came back moved back and then after Colorado, one year I was just like, I'm going to move to Maine because my friend inherited some land and started a farm. And I was just like, I'm going to go help. <laughs> Sound like a free spirit. I love traveling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how broke I am. Mm-hmm. I'm rich in experience. You can, you, can, <laughs> there you, go. you can be broke everywhere. I'm like, do I have enough gas money to get there? Yeah. That's my question. And then figure it out from there. <laughs> Will my car make it? <laughs> yes. An adventurous go. free spirit. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's why you do it, man. So, Blakely, how about you? You know, I think similar to Jandra, um, I started pretty young. 
my uncle was a big bluegrass fan and he signed me up for fiddle lessons. Well, I think I started out with a Suzuki teacher and she was like really strict. Mm. I'd come into every lesson, she'd have me like bow and if I fidgeted oh. too much, she would send me home and my uncle was like, nah, let's sign her up for fiddle lessons, <laughs> get her into some bluegrass. So. Suzuki, Suzuki is real structured, right? Is yeah, it? Okay. yeah. I mean, you know, what is that? I ended up pursuing classical music later a little bit and... Um, it is really good for technique, but um, yeah, fiddling is definitely where my heart is, especially being from Kentucky. Um, I think we all have a little bit of that in our blood, and yeah. there's like a certain ancestral tie to the mm-hmm. bluegrass music. I think a lot of the elementary schools, I don't know, maybe the middles use that Suzuki. Mm. Is it a technique or is it a school? Or yeah, what it's kind of a Japanese school of thought for okay. uh, learning huh. music. Did that style, is that, how old were you when you started with even that style? Was it school that brought you to that? or? Um, I guess I started playing when I was about five. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Way back. I thought you might have been yeah. really young. So I was blessed with like a ton of great opportunities mm-hmm. at a young age, um, hugely due to my family, and that was definitely a privilege. So How, how, uh, how long were you trained in the Suzuki style before you switched over to the actual fiddle? Well, you know... Um, in Lexington, I had these great teachers, Daniel and Amy Carwile, and they're actually classically trained. And Daniel was a nationally awarded fiddle player, so I kind of got the best of both worlds um, through them. And then growing up, um, I was always in youth orchestra, did orchestra at school too, and then ended up studying violin performance at University of Louisville. Oh, amazing! She would probably have went to school with uh, Oliver. Blind feline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know Oliver. We oh, took man. so many classes together. Oliver's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Oliver's great. Those guys so, are... Uh, Oliver and actually, Matt were on here or not. When was that? A couple... Uh, <laughs> Two months ago? A few episodes ago. And yeah. they're playing... Uh, which, this it'll be past, but tomorrow, uh, they're playing Red Barn Radio Live in Lexington, which oh, is cool. awesome. Oh, yeah. So. He's told me some fun stories about his life. What oh, about the yeah. soup? Did he tell you guys the, oh, the soup yeah. story? No, but I, I hear he's going to tell it. Tomorrow, I believe. I believe they talked about that. He told us that. about the one-eyed wildcat <laughs> the one-eyed that, wildcat. that his band was named after. And, and then he told us, he sung a song about a high school friend, uh, uh, Charlie, Charlie Goins. Goins. Yeah, they, they played He's Charlie Goins live. They're on Apple. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, Charlie that's, Goins is a good, good old boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so that's awesome. Uh, you know, there's uh, being in a structured situation like that is always uh, gigantic for for musicianship but do you find it easy to kind of groove in and out of different genres and things like that because of that education um absolutely i would say there's a lot of overlap between all types of music and like once you learn one style it complements another style so like jandra was saying earlier like she was influenced by rock and roll and bluegrass Mm -hmm. um and that kind of helped her to establish her own style and likewise with me and the fiddle. Yeah. That's the one thing I noticed. I mean, Brad and I talked about, and I think that we even told you right after listening to that song, it's this mesh of, I don't even, it's very independent and and true to itself. There's not, Mm -hmm. you can't point to it and say, well, that is influenced by this or that was influenced. It's just this mesh of sound that ends up being this independent thing, which is awesome. And every single song on the album is so different. Like, 
Blakely brought out this classical type vibe in a song that we just finished recording. Actually, she like layered a whole lot of fiddle parts, and it sounds like a whole string quartet. Like, awesome. I could see the cool. I could see the look on her face going to like classical mode. She was like, "Okay." Stood up straighter. <laughs> yeah. <Everything looked. laughs> as soon as he hit the record yeah. button, she was like, like "Yeah." Ready. The Suzuki style came into effect. There, it was like, it was discipline." So cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After I heard him play like all the parts together, I was just like, my jaw dropped. Mm-hmm. I was just yeah. like, "Wow, that was so fun!" And we got some bongos on that song too. Our friend Angela. Yeah, who studied African amazing. music. Oh, no kidding. She's playing bongos on the song. It's really cool. What's that little instrument that she plays with her thumbs? Imbira. 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 Like a thumb piano. Yeah. Oh, the little, uh, it has like the little uh, wires. Wires. Yeah. A bunch of little wires in this yeah. little handheld thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? She teaches that, people lessons can actually for that. play that? I've seen, I've seen those can before. What's it called? Imbira. Imbira. It has different yeah. names depending on which part of Africa. I can't in. believe that she can actually be played. She gives lessons at the folk school to play it. I was like, wow. Yeah. I can sign up for a class to learn this little. <laughs> so cool. The so folk school. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of the folk school. Yeah. Um, I'd like to hear about that. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in music lessons, I actually teach fiddle at the folk school, Louisville Folk School. Awesome. Um, Where, where's the Louisville guitar. Folk School? Um, it's in the Clifton area. Uh, right now, we're doing mostly virtual lessons because of the pandemic, but a few in person too. Awesome. Yeah, and Angela teaches um, African music there, and I've got the bluegrass fiddle covered. So <laughs> the banjo player on the album teaches banjo lessons and guitar lessons. Yeah. So you just raided the folk school for your band, huh? You know that. I really think that was the icing on the awesome cake. Like they're all like super awesome at their instruments and just i just said awesome like three times oh, that's, that's my favorite that's word. awesome Bill says awesome i say too. awesome way too much it's good <laughs> like every time it's an that, awesome word <laughs> every time that one of them lays down a track i'm just like i love you so much i thought you were you're say so that's talented awesome. <laughs> taylor was the one that was on great day live with me several times he's okay. just like i can always count on him to like make whatever i'm doing sound magical did you guys meet at the folk school uh, we've romped around festivals and stuff together, you know, fireside jams. What about you and Blakely? Where we, did we meet? It was a fireside jam, right? Oh, we we were at Supermoon in Whitesburg and Crazy we, Festival. We were having a lot of fun, <laughs> <laughs> a lot. And, uh, <laughs> uh, she played my mandolin that I had in my tent and I played my guitar and we were playing by the fire and she was harmonizing every song that I played and people around the fire were like when are you guys gonna play your set this weekend blah blah blah. we're like I just met this chick like I don't don't even know I knew I liked Jondra when she whipped out Bob Dylan and Bill Monroe Oh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) Sealed the deal. (laughs) Gotta keep it classic. (laughs) So where did you guys, you said you just finished recording. Where were you recording? A little bit at La La, actually a lot of bit at La La Land with Anne. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, If anybody needs recording work, their prices are great. Their engineer is great. Like everything about that experience is just great. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful space. Um, but then also I have my friend Aaron helping with mixing and our friend Britt, who's also on the album. Um, he has a little basement studio that we just kind of poke around in, lay some tracks down. It's a little bit here and there. And yeah. you're looking to release that when? 
December 6th. Which is? My birthday. Uh, <laughs> birthday releases. Yeah, I was thinking just have a little CD release birthday shindig. So my you birthday know. is December 4th. Oh. Sagittarius. Cheers to Sagittarius. I, I say that's my dog's birthday. Is that how you say it, Sagittarius? That's my dog Brad's birthday. My dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Sagittarius are the best, though. Just putting that out there. I would agree. I don't disagree with anything. I've never met a Sagittarius that wasn't super like unique and like so their own person. Do you guys know um, Daisy of Shop Daisy Cakes in town? She makes tie dye. No, no. She's amazing. If anybody needs tie dye work, go to that amazing Sagittarius. Okay, amazing Sagittarius yeah. Daisy from. Daisy Shops. Daisy Shops. Is that what we said? Daisy Shop Shops? Daisy. Shop, Shop Daisy. Daisy. Okay. <laughs> Shop Daisy Cakes? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> she calls them her Daisy Cakes because she bakes them. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I like it. Yeah. She's awesome. So, she used to work with me. I'm going to tell how I ran into Jandra. That's all right. <laughs> so Tia, my daughter, got a new roommate, Jordan. Mm-hmm. And Jandra came over with Jordan. I guess you were helping to move or... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you all a couple? I don't know. No. Nope. No. Okay. <laughs> so just, just helping. Not no to... more. Oh, oh, one time. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. If just anyone quick. wants to hear a bunch of breakup songs about that old dog, <laughs> <laughs> you just buy my album. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> hey, you need to, you need content. You got to produce it. You need some way to get you it. Know, Jordan, I... at least you're an inspiration of some kind. Yeah. Somebody once told me heartbreak is the best catalyst for creativity. It and is. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter how that comes either. It comes in so many forms. Like I, Brad and I talked a long time ago. Well, one of the first how my breakup album was about a band, and I didn't even realize it. It was it was heart it was a heartbreak, but it doesn't have to just be about relationships. Yeah, Brad, sure. Anytime you lose something, it's always good to put mm-hmm. it to paper. If you're an artist, yeah, bring something different out. So For Jordan sure. told me Jonder plays music, and I said, "Oh yeah," and he said, "Yeah," you know, kind of told me about it, and ended up coming up <laughs> after she had some songs. I said, "Well, let me hear one." So they played Hotel Song mm-hmm. for me. And I was like, wow, that's really good. <laughs> that yeah. fiddle kind of slays. <laughs> <laughs> the songwriting slays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you guys have, have kind of put Hotel Song out there already, right? Mm-hmm. It's on Spotify. And I noticed on Spotify you're listed as Jondra Nicole. I'm kind of in between branding on that, so I can't really decide if I want to go Jondra Nicole, Jondra Adkins, or Jondra. A lot of people have told me to just do genre because it kind of hits you. Mm-hmm. Just like I just hit the microphone. Yeah, it's perfect timing. <laughs> um, Maybe that like, was like the deal sealer. Maybe that's what it they're is. They're like, I've never met a genre. <laughs> so you hear just genre and you're like, who's that? That's a good idea. I like and that. There's yeah. so many Nicoles, like something Nicole out there. And Jondra Adkins is just like my legal government name. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my. maybe I should just do genre. I like I it. Know. I like it. Let's decide on it right now. I like what Jandra. What do you guys think? I like Jandra. I like Jandra. Jandra or Jandra Nicole? Jandra. I like yeah. Jandra. All right. Yeah. Make yourself one name. Go big. Should I put a period after it to make it like... Yeah. Exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> Upside down exclamation mark. Quotation marks. There you go. No. Jandra. <laughs> so what do like you guys it. think about doing a live recording of a hotel song real quick? I say let's do it. I Blakely might throw some harmonies that y'all didn't hear on the... Please, track. please do that. Uh oh, no, look, no <laughs> pressure. Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for it. I 
for me Oh, the seasons of love come and go Gotta make your own heart your home Gotta make your own heart your home I will make this old heart my home Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Top Hill Recording. Hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Very nice, very nice. Thanks. It's just beautiful. <laughs> every God. time she starts solo and I just look at her, I'm like... Well, and every time you start singing, that's what everybody else mm-hmm. does, too. She does the same. I mean, Everyone in the room just gets hard eyes, like cartoons. Well, got caught up inside, got caught up inside a dream thinking someone was made for me. I mean, that is, the, that is a killer... It is. Killer People line. do get caught up in that dream, though. It's but, like if you don't maintain your independence, it's but, lost. But to say it like that, yeah, I mean, it, of course, everybody says, oh, yeah, you get caught up in, in thinking something. Mm-hmm. But to, to put it in that but emotion. But you feel like you're in that like dreamy, yeah. goo goo state. And then whenever it falls apart, if it does, you're like, wow, where did myself go? Yeah. Like, I quit doing yoga. I quit. Writing music, all this stuff. And then once you break up, you're like, oh, now I have a whole repertoire of music <laughs> ready to go. Well, it's, a, it's, it's certainly a, a it's part of the, it, the the line and the, the way you sing that line. And it just, it, like I said, it pulls you in. It's that vulnerability mm-hmm. and then talking about the sh- you know riding shotgun. Listening. It's, it's, it's a so lesson that's been integral to my growth as a person. Just like if you do date someone, make sure that you don't like lose yourself in it or quit doing what you love doing mm-hmm. and pursuing like your own passions and well still live in your own life congratulations on that tune because it, it couldn't be said any better mm-hmm. and the visualization of it couldn't be put out there anymore so it's it's killer yeah. the passenger seat tune. of my life is for my dog there you go <laughs> <laughs> how did the songwriting process go for you on that song was it a quick one or was it like once you uh, kind of Oh, figured out the process. Every single song I've written, I've written the words in like five minutes because I'll right? have a I'll have a moment, mm-hmm. and I just like it'll all come together, and it's just a poem at that point. And then I'll go back to it a few days later and put GCD over it and be like, Do I want this sadder? Do I want this happier? Do I want this higher? Do I want this lower? Because I don't know too much about um, music theory except for what I learned in choir mm-hmm. and like the chords on the guitar. Yeah. Well, so I don't really know like what keys any of my songs are in, except for whenever they, the people on my album and stuff like tell me. <laughs> generally, uh, generally though, when you are coming up with the words, do you have the melody in mind? You know how you want to sing it. You just, or is it kind of no. like here are my words? Here's so I it's t- more straight poem at first, Tom. Huh? Oh, straight poem. Yeah. Like, does it rhyme? And are the lines like a good length to match up to each other? You know, that's it's that's interesting because I almost wonder. If that leaves you freer to be able to have those conversations with like Blakely, I'm like, hey, where do you, where do you think this should go? I kind of have a, a, a minor feel to this, like maybe yeah. it's a little bit sadder. What do you think? Does that, 
does that lead that more to lend the interpretation from everybody else or how does that so I guess another facet of my songwriting is like if there's a song that has a vibe that I really like like if something makes me feel like dreamy or sad or whatever I have a little notebook I'll write like what chords are in that song Mm -hmm. and then I know that those chords go together and that I can write a song with those chords Mm -hmm. like this one for instance I can't remember what song had the B minor the F sharp minor. Well, I think you were playing it in what E F sharp minor mm-hmm. up in. It was in G. G. Yeah. Really? I didn't see. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, but I know that that chord and then the A. I know that I got that from another song, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Ooh, I like those two beside each other." Yeah. And then, yeah, if I'm like writing a song, I'll go back and look at that list that I have going and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna slap this and see how it feels." There you go. Yeah. So then you took this, you took the hotel song to uh, Blakely and your banjo player, or how did that shake out? So I didn't really believe that I had the Utspa to like have my own album. <laughs> and then Taylor and Blakely and all my friends at like Terrapin and all my musician family, like they were all like, dude your songs get stuck in my head. Like, when are you going to record them? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'll play them for you whenever. And they're like, yeah, but you can, like, put this out there. And I was like, what? Me? Yeah. (laughs) Because I can remember my first open mic. Like, I had my mandolin. I was, Jen, don't kill me for hearing this. I was going to the Brick Alley in Frankfurt, and I was 20. (laughs) And I wasn't supposed to be allowed in there she doesn't work there anymore so they can't do nothing but i went up to the bar with my mandolin and i was like look i know you from terrapin the bartender lady and i was like i'm only 20 i don't want to drink i just want to see my friends play music and i want to play music and i've never done it on stage before and she was like i really respect your honesty and she was Mm -hmm. like you can hang out just don't let me catch you with a drink in your hand and i was like okay stay on the stage yes ma'am yeah Deal. <laughs> and I, I, I sign up and I go up there and my friend Casey Mitchell sits on the stage with my notebook with the lyrics to an Ingrid Michaelson song. <laughs> and I like I start playing it and I get like two lines in and I'm like, I'm so sorry, guys, I have to stop. And I like turned around and I breathed for a minute. And then I was like, OK, I'm going to restart. And I just like stared at Casey the whole time and I got through it. And the bartender was like, I don't know if you saw this. But as soon as you started singing, everyone at the bar turned their head and shut up. Yeah. And I that's like, I've noticed that whenever I play out now. And that makes me like believe in myself even more because having that effect on a large crowd that's like chattery. If you hear the room go quiet, it's like you should believe that you have something like mm-hmm. worth sharing. Yeah, definitely believe it. Well, and confident, I, confidently humble. Yeah. And, and, and this, uh, you know, Louisville really has a scene that I think will cater to what you're doing mm-hmm. I, like i said it's truly and that's why i keep coming back here yeah. kentucky yeah 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 something I mean, I, about I, the music community here is different and you all make a pretty good duo when you just need a small group heck yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely I mean, writing off of what jandra said too i think like music is such a powerful thing can connect like a group of strangers at a Absolutely. bar you know yeah. oh yeah and once you settle into it it's like there is a spider web connecting us but <laughs> <laughs> and you know uh, you know there's uh, I, I hate to keep repeating it but when you 
you have a vulnerability to your voice that does make people kind of want to pay attention and stop and listen mm-hmm. and turn your head. So, I mean, there's... That, very, that, very pleasant. That's tone. the power of song to me, though, is like, that's why I love music so much. There's a song out there to fit whatever I'm feeling. Oh, yeah. It makes you feel like a lot less alone if you like feel really low or like whatever you listen. You're like, wow, I'm not the only one that's felt this way. This doesn't make me like mm-hmm. too emotional or whatever. So being able to invoke that emotion that you had writing that song onto a crowd of people and everyone feel that at the same time mm-hmm. and it kind of hit them in their heart space. It's yeah. just like well, a, a beautiful thing. And a part of what you what you talk about in uh, the hotel song is being true to yourself. And, and I think that if you continue to write that way and don't write trying to write for a certain audience or yeah. a certain emotion, that you mm-hmm. just write what's in you, people will gravitate towards that instead of you having to produce this thing or that's make this a, product. That's a bad habit that I've had to break is talking about my songs lowly and being like, oh, I only write sad songs mm-hmm. or like whatever. It's like, yeah, but that's my heart song. And if my niche is sad feely vibey music then i should embrace that instead mm-hmm. of trying to write something that's not true to me well and, and 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 i think that maybe with time that may be like a pinpoint and where you were right there when you wrote mm-hmm. those songs because i'm it sure doesn't, years down i'll write yeah. a happy song <laughs> well i mean just who knows you don't really know how it will evolve or if it yeah. won't or so it's whenever it hits it's whatever it is like you said you don't when you write something you write it quick because oh, yeah. it's there, yeah. you got to write what you My write. My song Coyote, I was reading a book in Cherokee Uh-oh, Park. Oh, another one we got to play. the next one. <laughs> Coyote was written because I was reading a book and I read the line, sweet as candied bourbon. And mm. I was like, I really like that. Because, like, you let your bourbon sit overnight, the last little sip, and it's, like, thick and, like, syrupy and, like, sweet. And I was just like, he's as sweet as candied bourbon mm. at the bottom of a glass. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we need to hear that one now, This one's the crowd favorite. So. Okay. okay. Actually, a lot of people like hotel song, but this one's This is Coyote. And, then, and we've never heard uh, anything other than this. I've this never heard this song. First time. Does. I'm oh, so yeah. excited. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's Coyote. me. 
Great job. Another good one. Yeah, that is. Let's see why that's a crowd favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah. So after me and Jordan broke up the first time, I wrote that song. (laughs) And uh, we weren't talking, but I played it on live TV. (laughs) Did he see it? (laughs) Yes, he saw it. He saw it. Um, It was on YouTube. So the next time that we did meet up, I was like, did you ever see that Great Day Live episode with me on it? He was like, no. And then I showed it to him, and he was like, you wrote that about me? <laughs> and then you played it on TV? I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's such a great feeling. I hate to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, savage. Look, you power, you got the power. Power man. of the word. Heck yeah, power of the pen, man. <laughs> hey, don't hurt a musician. They'll write about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> So, Jandra, how many songs are going to be on your EP? I have five recorded, but I'm going to do probably two rough takes of just me and my guitar for two other ones. Awesome. Okay. See, I love that. You got a lot of work to do before December 6th. This setup here, I love it. I love it. So, even when, like you said, doing a couple raw tracks of just you and a guitar, I, I love I love the thought of that. As a matter of fact, when I've been talking to Brad for as soon as this next mic comes in. We're gonna sit. That's all I want to do. I don't. I don't want my next thing to be this big band production. Just that there's something about a guitar and a vocal. Yeah, I was gonna come by myself, and then I was like, oh, it's so nice to like have a friend here, and like if you flub up on your guitar or whatever, then they're like just killing it in the background, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. <laughs> Especially this on those perfect. bar chords, like I'm mm-hmm. like, she's gonna nail it, even if I don't. <laughs> well, it's uh, there's always something about having a that help that crutch that where you don't have to oh, fill yeah. up all the thing and looking over to a familiar face you're just yeah. like oh, and not, this is not like a normal everyday situation too that <laughs> you're in right at the moment where <laughs> yeah, you're getting a no. bunch of questions thrown at you so it always is nice to have somebody have you ever done a podcast before no and she was hype manning me the whole way over here <laughs> you should have heard some of the compliments she was giving me i was like blushing oh, my face was red <laughs> i was like shucks yeah. <laughs> Well, you've got a lot sweetie. going for you. Yeah, so you got. I'm excited to hear the EP. And, and you've got uh, what is what's going on with the EP right now? Is it mixed yet, or how are you in uh-uh. the process? Uh, do My you... friend uh, Aaron, I have to go meet up with him, and we're gonna go over. I, basically, I sit there while he does it, and he's like, "Is this good? Is this what you want?" And I'm like, "Yes, sure, let's uh-huh. do yeah. it." Because I don't know, I don't have an ear for mixing or mastering or like any of that. So well, I'm just like artistic freedom, and, that's, and I want to hear it. I want to be able to like sit in my car and listen to it. And like, that is super important, <laughs> you know. Because then if oh. I hear a part and I'm like, you know, that's a little well, bit funny, and it's going to sound different 
everywhere you listen to it until mm-hmm. you, you get be, that perfect yeah. mix where it sounds good you, in your car. You got to be sure everybody knows what music sounds like in their car, so that's often the best place to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And it's where it's going to be heard the most. If I hear a song, I feel like one of my first thoughts, if it's like one of my friends' songs that they're writing or whatever, I'm like, wow, I just want to listen to this. We're driving down a back road at mm-hmm. sunset. Like, yep. See how it vibes. Yeah. So that's the last step when I when I mix Neil's music. I get it to where I think it sounds like he's Neil's looking for music. I, I play a little bit. So mm. and then and then I tell Neil, I say, Hey, it's time for a car date. Yeah, he said, Hey, I'm coming to pick you up in the fusion. <laughs> yeah, we always go we always go into fusion and it, it has a sound that uh I know and can listen to and you know, I I have one mix that's a little uh deeper and darker. One like in the middle and one is brighter. And I play mm-hmm. them for Neil without telling him what we're listening to. And he tells me which one he likes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was interesting, too, because it, it, the car and earbuds are, I think, more important than what it sounds like in here. It's always going to be close in here. But, yeah, that's, that's important. Yeah. And you got a lot to do in the next month. Yeah. Birthday. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, Jandra, what do you listen to? Just for enjoyment. Everything. Yeah. yeah. What are you so listening to much. right now then? It depends on my mood so much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're in a Dolly Parton mood. Sometimes you want to hear like Pink Floyd. Sometimes you want to listen to fiddle tunes. I don't know. It really depends. If I'm cleaning my room, I'll go with like really shitty like early 2000s R&B. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I found you, Miss New Booty. Because <laughs> it just makes you want to dance. <laughs> it makes you dance your room Get your clean. room cleaner quicker. It's like I could. Okay, Dolly part at 9 to 5. Okay. I could clean my room okay, too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> now 21 was a staple growing up. Now 21. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last song list or, or what would you listen to last? What did we listen to on the way here? Shania Twain. Okay. Any man of mine. I was like, I was like yeah. Ah. I was. In the car picking up Blakely, and I was like, what should we listen to to hype us up? And I just, like, grabbed the Shania Twain CD out of my center console, and I was telling her, my friend Casey Mitchell, I made one of those Facebook posts that's like, what song makes you think of me? And I was drunk one night, and I kept humming, whose bed have your boots been under? <laughs> and so now she's like, every time I hear that song, I just think of you. And I'm like, you know, if there's a song that somebody's going to think of me to, I really hope it's Whose bed ever boots been under by Shania Twain? <laughs> She's so sassy. She is sassy. She's had a resurgence lately, too. I don't know if y'all have noticed. Have you noticed? I haven't. I swear. I don't know why. I was on, uh, it's like Netflix or maybe it was Twitter, and it was a Shania Twain commercial. It's like, huh. Yeah, and Weird. this is, maybe I've got something going on with my algorithm so right now. So what was she, was she like a spokesperson for a product or what? No, it was promoting Shania Twain. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like maybe it was her 20th anniversary. I don't know. She's on, so one of my favorite Netflix shows, or actually it's Hulu, is uh, Broad City. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but I'm sure a lot of your listeners have. Mm-hmm. Great show, woman empowering, but one of them works at a gym, one of the girls, and her dream is to like be a physical trainer for Shania Twain. And I'm like, that is a mood. (laughs) To help Shania Twain get fit would be monumental in somebody's life. So thanks for coming in, Jondra and Blakely. I'm glad you joined her. I think uh, you guys are a dynamic duo, Batman and Robin. 
<laughs> All right, so uh, you're gonna play us out. You gotta play. Yeah, a song we play a song out. Right? out. So what do you uh, what do you want to play out? Gosh, this one makes my heart hurt. R.I.P. John Prine. Uh, In spite of ourselves, is like my go-to oh, open mic song. Cause yes. there's just something about saying undies into a microphone right. that makes everybody <laughs> laugh. Do you sing the? Do you sing both parts? I sing both parts, but okay. she hops in on harmony. So. Okay. Spite of myself. Let's do it. It's yeah. great. Okay, <laughs> listeners, we'll see you guys next week. We're going to go out with, introduce a song for us, Jondra. This is In Spite of Ourselves by the one and only John Prime. Absolutely.
spite I know the right off of our faces Won't be nothing but big old hearts Dancing in our eyes Won't be nothing but big old hearts Dancing in our eyes Yeehaw! See you guys next week. <laughs>